Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Sarah Slack. Sarah is a mother, one who lost her baby son. He was stillborn. I think it's a pain beyond description. And I'm in awe of what Sarah Slack has done as a result to grieve, to heal, and to help others in similar circumstances. Sarah's with us to share her incredible story. Sarah Slack, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And on this Mother's Day, this is really a pretty incredible. See, it's making me emotional just thinking about it. Pretty incredible conversation that we will get to have because this will certainly touch mother's hearts. It's going to touch anyone who's listening. It'll touch your heart in some way. But you, because of your own personal experience, 18 years ago, is that correct? Yes, my son would have been 18 years old this year. And it was because... He- he did not live. Mm-hmm. So had you carried him to term? No, I was actually um, six months into my pregnancy when we um, heard those words that will forever be etched into my mind from the doctor. He said, there's no easy way to say this, but there's no heartbeat. And so um, they induced my labor and I delivered my son, Jesse, stillborn. And I got to hold him and rock him and, you know, take some pictures of him and sing to him, kiss him. And um, and then I was left to uh, plan his funeral. Oh, yeah. Just gut wrenching when you're expecting to have this bouncing baby, mm-hmm. boy or girl coming into the world. But it, it doesn't happen. And This is a Mother's Day to acknowledge that this child did not survive to come into the world. And some of them are at a younger age. Some of them are miscarriages. So it happens before any, uh, there's life, but they don't make it. So I am really so appreciative and I'm grateful to you for, for your courage being so brave to do what you're doing, which we'll get into the Tears Foundation, mm-hmm. and for taking, you know, speaking about it so that we can really open up that door for others to really take that step and talk about it if they've shut it away before. Absolutely. I think it's so important with Mother's Day, too, because um, I think a lot of mothers that, including myself, that other mothers that I've met that have lost a baby whether it was to miscarriage or stillbirth or infant loss or child loss, they feel um, not acknowledged sometimes. Am I still a mother on Mother's Day? And maybe their family and friends don't know how to respond um, or don't acknowledge them because their child isn't here. Um, But they are still a mother. And that's what I hope to reach out is I'm still a mother to Jesse. I feel like I'm parenting him in a different way by the work that I'm doing. He's not here, but I can help others in his honor and I can still talk about him and honor his life. Um, So I just really hope to reach other grieving mothers that maybe feel not acknowledged this Mother's Day. And so that's one of the big reasons I'm really so grateful that we're able to have this conversation on this day to acknowledge mothers who may be just grieving in silence, uh, feel that, 
you know, others don't want to acknowledge it. You know, some people don't know how to talk about it, so they would rather dismiss it. So here we are to say you are a mom. Yes, you're still a mom. And to those maybe that know somebody who lost their baby or their child or even had a miscarriage, I would say to you, don't be afraid to say something to your friend or your family member who has gone through that because we live with it as bereaved moms. Um, I think sometimes people think they're going to remind us and make us sad, but I think more so you're not reminding us, but you're honoring our child by mentioning them to us and acknowledging that you're thinking of us, especially on this hard day for Mother's Day for bereaved mothers. So um, I would really encourage others to reach out to a bereaved mom that you know and and share with her that you're thinking about her. You know, send a card. I think even if you make her cry, it's okay because that acknowledgement is going to mean the world to her. And those tears and that remembrance, those are all healing. It, it is, it's really good for us to touch those places, isn't it? Yes. I mean, we all, when you lose a baby or a child, we grieve. That's, that's the feelings and the emotions, the sadness, the anger, everything that we experience. And to be able to mourn is to get it on the outside. And so that's our crying. That's journaling, having someone to talk to a safe person, um, which, you know, the Tears Foundation, like you said, if you don't have anyone, you could reach out to us and we have a whole network of other bereaved moms that would love to surround you with love and support, comfort, and be there for you for the long term. So let's take a moment right now because yeah. you've mentioned that as as a great support network that is available. Let's mention how people could reach you reach this network, Sarah? So, uh, well, the Tears Foundation, we're here to support mothers and families who've experienced the loss of a baby or a child. And so you can reach out to us through our website, which is the Tears, T-E-A-R-S, foundation.org. Contact information is on there. And and uh, we would love to talk with you Um even if texting is easier for you right now, we can start with that. But we just want you to know you're not alone. And we get it. We've been there. And that's where so much comfort and so much healing can take place when someone can come from that knowing place. Yeah, absolutely. Like for me, like you mentioned earlier, my son would have been 18, yes. you know, and he never took a breath outside of the womb. I got to have those few moments with him, but um, he would have been graduating high school. And these are things, you know, milestones that we, as bereaved mothers, we don't forget. And we think about, oh, they would start kindergarten. They would be, maybe they'd be getting out on their own. These significant milestones that would have been in our child's life. So we not only mourn for our child, but for their future, for the hopes and the dreams that we had. So it's a lot. And then you're sharing that with us right now, Sarah. I think that also is such a an important acknowledgement that to have those memories, to acknowledge he would be graduating this year, that is normal 
and natural. Whereas someone who doesn't understand may say, oh, why are you even thinking that? Mm -hmm. For you to say that from your place of knowing, I think gives such a great permission to anyone in the same situation. Yes, definitely. Even uh, birthdays or death days too, you know, those those are times that it is, it's a normal, um, heartfelt response as a mother who loved their child, who loved their baby, you know, even to miscarriage, you, you had hopes and dreams from the time you found out you were pregnant. Um, and, and a lot of moms that I've met, they had an early miscarriage and they'll remember my child. I would have had a 20 year old child now. Because it's not something that we forget. We carry our children in our hearts as mothers, whether they didn't take a breath, whether they lived a couple years or 15 years, um, you know, we, we carry them. And it's not something that you get over, you have closure. This is your child, you know, this is your heart as a mother. And it's okay to remember them. It's okay to say their name if you have a name for your child. It's okay to acknowledge their birthday and do something. And I think it's important to find those safe people in your life that allow you to do that. When this happened, when Jesse was stillborn Mm -hmm. 18 years ago, what was it that you would have wanted from people around you at the time that you weren't getting? Well, there wasn't a support network like the Tears Foundation now. So I really had to search um, to find support. And I had people in my life that felt like there was a time frame for me to be sad. And so after a few months, some of the people that cared about me didn't want me to see me so sad anymore. But I met a a safe person who was actually a perinatal uh, grief counselor at the hospital. And she said, Sarah, you just buried your son. You have every right to be sad. And that it's my grief is not on a clock. It's on my heart's time, not on a clock time. And so I that was so eye-opening for me to know that it was okay for me to keep being sad and I didn't have to move on because it was making other people around me uncomfortable. Um they didn't want to see me sad, but I, I'm, I wasn't going to be the same person anymore. After the loss of my son, uh, I had to find my new normal. And I it's a process, you know. That mourning journey is a long, treacherous, dark process to go through. And you need to have those people around you that can say, it's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to question why. Why me? Why my child? Um, those are normal responses and, and having those precious people that let you have that reaction and let you be angry and sad. Um, those, I needed more of those people in my life at the time. So then did you find that that was eventually the impetus for founding the Tears Foundation? Yes. Yeah, so w- one reason I founded the Tears Foundation was um, we didn't expect our son to pass away. We had his nursery ready. We had his crib and diapers stacked up. And then we were faced with paying for a burial and a funeral and a grave marker. And we were young parents at the time. 
So it took me almost a year to get my son's grave marker. And it was such a slap in the face to go to his grave and to not have his grave marked. It was a number that was placed there. So I thought, at first, let's raise some money to financially help families so that they don't have to have this struggle. It's enough, the emotional pain and burden that we have to walk through when we lose a child. So we could at least lift that financial burden, help them with the funeral expenses, let them honor their child with the final arrangements if they are struggling to do so. And that was the initial piece of the mission was to help with the financial expenses. And now, you know, over uh, 18 years, it's expanded into emotional support and being there in the long term to support families emotionally as well. And not just here in our local region in the Puget Mm -hmm. Sound area, you've actually grown nationally. Yeah, so we, I started right here with just me, you know, but uh, it has grown a lot of hard work and dedication and, you know, mentors and um, other bereaved parents who have gotten on board. And, and we are across the country, but we also have a few international chapters as well. Uh, so it's been quite the journey to see the need. There's, I think there's such a silence around the women who lose a pregnancy or lose a baby, one in four women will experience a pregnancy or infant loss in her lifetime, which is a huge number because uh, one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. Also such an important issue for women, but it's so much easier for society to talk about uh, women being diagnosed with breast cancer versus women who have experienced the loss of a baby And I found that as we grew across the country, that there really wasn't any resource. We were it. And so bereaved parents started joining and getting involved and wanting to give back and help that next family that came. And that's really how it's grown. It's very grassroots, which is that aspect of it is very exciting because of seeing when there is such a deep need how you know one person this was you mm-hmm. can make such a difference and look at all the families all the the different individuals that are being supported and the babies that are being remembered yeah it it's sometimes it's kind of mind blowing to look back and think of the time i was in the hospital holding my son who had passed away and i didn't know how i would make it you know i didn't honestly didn't want to live without my son Mm -hmm. and to go from that deep of a pain of not knowing how I was going to go the rest of my life knowing my son is gone to now 18 years later still miss him always and love him but to see through his life how many have been touched um, it's pretty it's an incredible honoring experience to be a part of it it is. It's really difficult to, to describe, and maybe it is beyond words, but just to recognize how Jesse, even though he did not experience living in this world, is responsible mm-hmm. for making this world just so much and um, more 
comfortable in a way, mm-hmm. giving comfort rather. Comfort, hope, yeah, hope that's what I like to, to other families. Yeah, that's yeah. what I always just think. You know, when when this gets hard, sometimes it's that I I just want other mothers and families to know they're not alone and that there is some hope because I needed that when I was back there, and yeah, to think of his little life and and how many have been touched because of that, you know, it, I hope he's proud of me is what I think one day when I get to see him again, what that conversation might be like. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I just can't imagine anything differently Yeah, <laughs> than, than having that pride and, and really saying, well done, mom. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That'll be quite the day. And so here we are having this opportunity then to talk about this because, again, the word just needs to keep spreading. Obviously, it's spread a lot, Mm -hmm. but no doubt there are still people who are are suffering uh, alone and they don't have to, that there is help. They can reach out and find that kind of network, that support group that's going to give them some of what they need. Yes. Definitely. If they reach out to us, uh, we can, they can meet one-on-one with someone, with another bereaved parent. We can connect them. Uh, we can talk on the phone. We have support groups. We have gatherings throughout the year. We actually have a um, bereaved mother's gathering too, um, although this, it may be past the, the time of, um, of that. But every year, if a mother wants to come out and be around other mothers, at Mother's Day. We have that annually. Um, and we have a, a walk, too, that is at Sheeney Stadium in Tacoma. Uh, we have walks across the country, but this one um, locally here is in June 29th at Sheeney Stadium, and people can come and walk in honor of a child. And it is a very hope-filled event to be around so many other parents at Sheeney Stadium all walking together with t-shirts with your child's name on it and the child's name and pictures can be up on the reader board um, that in alone lets you know I'm not by myself there are so many other people that have gone through this it's very comforting and how many years has this it's the rock and walk right? yes it's called the rock and walk mm-hmm. and how long has it been happening the rock and walk has been happening for about 14 years now oh wow yeah mm-hmm it's one of our um, big events, and it's very mission-focused because we want families to have that safe place to come out to honor, publicly honor their child. Um, we have volunteers that hand-make butterflies out of foam that line the walk path that each have a child's name on it that's being walked in honor of, and the family can take that home. Um, if they register ahead of time at the walk, we'll have their child's butterfly out on the field. We also encourage anyone else that just wants to come in support of the families in our community because there's so many families. Most likely, if it's not you, you know somebody who has lost a baby or lost a child um, or pregnancy loss. Uh, It affects many, many people. And my hope is that we can talk about it and not suffer in silence. Well, Sarah, it bears repeating. You say one in four women is touched by this. So if it's that's small a number one in four mm-hmm. obviously all of us really in some form know someone or touched by someone who has gone through this 
Definitely. And and in the community, when I have been speaking for years, uh, there's always somebody that will come up or several people that will come up and say, you know, me and my wife lost our baby 20 years ago, or my son and and daughter-in-law just lost their baby or just had two miscarriages. It's something that so many people are affected by, but we don't talk about it. So then no one really knows that so many people are going through that. And so part of what we want to do this morning is to give that permission. Yes. Say, it is okay. Feel okay. Mm-hmm. You are you know, not wrong in thinking that you need to be speaking about this. It's, it's healing to do so. It is very healing. And we've come a long way from you know, maybe 30 years ago when they whisk the baby out of the room and you don't even see the baby. Now, a lot of families, when if they lose a baby in the hospital... We take pictures. You can bathe your baby. Mm. You can, um, you know, dress your baby and do those things, which, so we have come a long way. Society itself has a long way to go, I think, to allow people to mourn and to be sad because it is a natural part. When we love, we grieve. So that sadness is really just love that we miss our child. And that's important to acknowledge, I think. The, the taboo-ness of being sad or people don't want us to move forward, but we're sad because we loved our child. Absolutely. And this was a human being. Yes. And everyone deserves to be mourned. And it's beyond that. It's really how we feel. It's such a huge loss. Uh, and and coming, you know, it's like someone who is who dies in an accident that it's just unprepared for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of the families that the Tears Foundation works with are young parents who are having a baby. Uh, and most people don't expect that your baby is going to die. Most people don't expect your child is going to die. It's out of the order of natural life. Um, and it's really a parent's worst nightmare. You know? Yes. So um, it, that I think adds to the taboo of the loss of a baby. How do we respond to this family? What do we do for them? You know, what do we say? And and the family themselves, like, what is normal grief? Many young families have never had a traumatic loss like that before. And what is normal? What's okay? Am I crazy? Um, is this, you know, am I sad for too long? Um, so I guess getting connected with people like the Tears Foundation, or if you have someone else already in your life that is a supportive presence to you, to just acknowledge that it's okay. It's okay to be mad, sad, angry, um, and even to laugh sometimes, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. Of course, it'll be the gamut. Yes. I think as we think of when we have a loved one who is older, mm-hmm. who dies, we go through that, yes. you know, and, and we don't feel guilty. At least I hope we don't mm-hmm. if we're laughing because it's all part of life. It but it's so difficult when it's an infant yeah. uh, to just that they never had the opportunity to really experience life here mm-hmm. on Earth. It's a heavy, heavy thing to carry for a parent. And I think that's why even more so they need the support. We need the support from the people around us that care about us um, because it's it's a taboo subject. It's not anything anyone expects. The baby died of, you know, SIDS or the baby 
comes prematurely and passes away. Um, we see so many situations. The baby had birth defects, possibly, and, you know, passed away from that. Um, so they need additional support because it is a dark place to be in when you have to bury a baby. And so there's the support emotionally, that physical presence to help. And and then that, that piece about having to bury the baby and that cost, and it's not cheap, mm-hmm. that you are there to help parents so that, you know, sharing your experience, Sarah, that really pinpoints it for us, really draws that picture of what it's like. So you're trying to help others not have to go through that additional kind of pain. Yeah, we want them to be able to make the final arrangements that they want for their baby or their child. And, you know, if they can't afford the grave marker, then we can help with that. Or if they have you know, if they choose cremation and they need a special urn, you know, we can help with paying for funeral expenses or um, things that are related to that. We just want families to be able to do that that last thing for their child that they want to do and not have money be an issue. And on that note, then, of money, of finances, mm-hmm. uh, of course, the Rock and Walk is a fundraiser. That's one way that... Uh, some monies make it into the organization, yeah. into the Tears Foundation. You also have a, a a dinner and a fundraiser in the fall, correct? Yeah, we have a, a gala dinner and auction, and that's local here too. Um, and that will be at the end of September. And it's a different event. So we have businesses that sponsor tables. It's a live and silent auction, really fun. This year is actually 007 James Bond <laughs> theme. So um Yeah, and we acknowledge, like, why we are here to raise money for the families that are going to need it, that are going to unfortunately come to us in the future. But the event itself is really fun. Um, Invite people to our website again to, if they're interested in supporting us in that way. And the website address again is? TheTearsFoundation.org. And that's a wealth of information, as you were mentioning earlier, Sarah, a way to connect, you know, to make contact with someone either by phone or find a, a support group that you want to visit mm-hmm. in person. And and you can also volunteer, uh, whether you're someone who's been directly affected or someone who j- just feels called, mm-hmm. like you uh, have, you know, feel this is your mission, mm-hmm. others will feel that too. They can find out about volunteer opportunities, right? Yeah, definitely get in contact with us. And like you said, you don't have to be a bereaved parent. Some We have some amazing volunteers that have never experienced a loss like that, but they just have a compassionate heart and they want to get involved. And we have lots of ways that people can get involved um, to support bereaved parents, um, to actually you know, be a supportive presence, bring them care baskets when they're connecting with us, compassion uh, baskets with teddy bears and things like that. Um, or just volunteering in other ways in our in our office space. We have a center for child loss in Puyallup. Um, we welcome any family to come down there and drop in during the week. We have a lending library of bereavement books. Uh, we have special memory items and we have people that can actually meet one-on-one with you at the center for child loss. That's another wealth 
of support Mm-hmm. that uh, we're just touching on yeah. briefly. But there is obviously so much, and we can't cover it in this yeah. short time that we have this morning. But uh, I think visiting the website is definitely a, a good resource mm-hmm. and being able to just kind of find out uh get direction as to what your own particular needs might be. Definitely. Yes. And social media, the the Tears Foundation is on Facebook as well. You can look us up on Facebook. So, yes, the the kind of more natural ways or usual ways that, that people connect these days, that's mm-hmm. all available. Yes. Right. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to support you um, in this Mother's Day. Just know that um, my heart is to let you know you're not alone. I've been there and I survived. I'm here today and I still love and honor my son, um, but I have definitely gone through much healing and I want to, I, I hope to extend that to other bereaved mothers. And because that, that grief, if we don't express it, mm-hmm. is going to just stay inside and it can become its own kind of cancer. Yes. So we, we carry the grief. Yes. So it's up to us to have a safe place to, to get it out, to mourn the grief. And if we don't, then we carry it. And you can carry it for years and years and years until you find a safe place. And even if that's you out there, we welcome you. Even if it's been 20 years for you, we welcome you to come and to come to our safe place, to have a place to, to talk about your child. That in itself is just an amazing gift. So thank you for mentioning that piece mm-hmm. of it too. Yes, it could be something that was never acknowledged long yes. ago, it's time. It's yes, time to do it so. It's never too late. It's never too late to mourn your child, to talk about your child. Um, and we we get it. So you won't be shunned. You don't need to be embarrassed. You can come in and, and we'll be there for you. That is so powerful and such a an important gift. And we want to just wrap it up by saying on this Mother's Day, mm-hmm. Have a very heartfelt, joyous Mother's Day. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. And to you, Sarah, definitely have a happy Mother's Day. Thank Thank you. you for being here on this day. Thank you so much. What an honor to be here. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Sarah Slack and Sunday Morning Magazine with Jennifer Teeler. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage, click on the on-air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of first honoring mom and then realizing that there is a gift in painful situations. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. And I'm sending you joyous wishes for a great Mother's Day.